Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Episode 648 of Coach Unplugged. Um, Before we do part two with Jason, um, I would like to give a big shout out to Dr. Dish. You're going to learn more with the Dr. Dish machine. You're going to, you're, you know... The videos, the integration, they are everywhere. They are giving free information. Um, but the skill development you can get with a Dr. Dish is, is second to none. Um, mention Coach Unplugged, which is really helpful for us. Next time you call, uh, they'll give you $350 off your next purchase. So we, we really do appreciate that. Um, that helps us keep the lights on um, here at ttroops.com. And another way you can help us keep the lights on is ttroops.com for coaches who want to get better. A lot of great resources, a lot of noise out there. Um, let me help you with the roadmap. Let me help you, you know, kind of sift through all that noise and let me help you mentor you and become a better basketball coach. Teepshoes.com and our community and our membership is a place that you need to be. So go over and check that out and let's head off to the podcast. Um, so let's just jump in and talk about your playing career and kind of how that developed and related to um, – you know, in the U.S. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I guess it started, we touched a little bit on the on the Irish system already. And, you know, so when I was young, I would have played with my school team, a club team, uh, a regional team. And then I was lucky enough to, I captained the Irish under-16 national team. We played okay. the European Championships. And so where do you they, play? Where do you play? In the, where did those championships happen? They were in Slovakia. And And, and who plays in that? Everybody from where? Europe, it's the European Championships. There's different okay. tiers. This would be tier B. Okay. Uh, tier, tier A would be, you know, your Spain, France, Germany, Lithuania, Greece. Italy. Okay. Tier, so this was tier B. Uh, yeah, played really well. Did a good job. And from that, I got some offers to go to high school in America. Okay. There was a, there was a number of schools uh, asked me to come over all over the east, eastern seaboard, really. Right. Uh, as you know yourself, different situations, different uh, 
you know, scholarships. And so I finally settled on Notre Dame Academy, which was just outside DC in Northern Virginia. Okay. So that was a prep school. Really interesting. I went there when I was 16. So I left home when I was 16 to head over. I uh, lived with a host family. I actually lived with my assistant coach at the time, Mike Teasley. His okay. sister, Nikki Teasley, was with North Carolina at the time. Okay. UNC, and she went on to be drafted. and She won a championship with the LS Sparks after that. So it was pretty cool. Uh, the school was really good. We were in the Beltway Conference. So we would have played against, uh, you know, Kevin Durant was in there. Uh, Rudy Gay. Ah, there was a ton of ton of different guys in that in, in in that conference. We were ranked number one in the Beltway for a number of weeks in a row. We ranked in the top ten in America for prep schools. So it was it was a real eye opener going from Ireland when you're the you're the tallest guy next to the basket to all of a sudden you know there's guys bigger than you. More right. athletic and just just a, another step ahead, you know, which was which was pretty. And cool do you think that was important for your development? Absolutely. I mean, it was definitely a case of a, a big fish in a small pond when I was here, and then it's just it, it's the unknown, you know. And then to just be thrown into the middle of it was pretty cool. Like I remember one story: we were, I had just arrived in January two thousand and two. I was supposed to go in September two thousand one, but then nine eleven happened, so all the visas and stuff got pushed back. Uh, so that would have been, you know, after the midpoint of the season, as you know. So we're traveling down, going to a game. Now, at this time, I wasn't on the internet. We didn't have access to who, you know, the same access that we have these days. You can, it's very easy to look up a player or look up schools. And right. So we were heading down to play Oak Hill Academy. <laughs> I had absolutely no idea what Oak Hill Academy was or who they were. But I remember ringing my dad when we got back up. We got back up to the house after the game. I think we lost by, uh, it might have been 10 points. Got back up, I ringed my dad and I was thinking, you know, I got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> we, just, we just played against this kid named Carmelo Anthony and he absolutely killed us, you know. But I had no idea at the time. Right. You know, the and and, and Oak Hill, was, for people that don't know, Oak Hill's in the middle of like, the foothills of oh, yeah. like oh yeah it's like in the middle of nowhere and they have that wall when you go in and all the college jerseys are up on the wall from their former players yeah where they're signed and that it's it's really cool experience dc interesting choice to go suburban dc because dc is an interesting town like yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's yeah it's not like going to chicago or boston or it's it's interesting i mean it's got definitely yeah. different there's places in dc you don't want to go and there's places in dc you do want to go you know absolutely and then you know from an outside perspective looking from ireland to america it's it's new york and dc and la are the are the kind of places that you that right. you hear you know so now it was a good 40 minutes outside dc but in american terms that's not very not very far at all no, no. That's yeah, a that suburb. was a pretty cool. That was a pretty cool experience. So spent two and a half years there. You know, it got to the point where it's it's almost a factory. You know, just the level of players that were coming was incredible. You know, we had we had 30, 40 college coaches at every practice when it was open recruiting season. Right. Just to be, to be thrown from you know trying to find a hall in Ireland to get some shots off to try and find somebody to go and rebound for you to all of a sudden being in that kind of setting it was it was a real eye opener. Right. And so. Did you stay for college? Yeah, so I actually, I got injured my senior year in preseason, playing against Spalding Academy and uh, Rudy Gay. It wasn't him, no, but someone just, we just clashed knees and I ended up, I did a lot of damage to my knee. It took almost a year 
to get back right again. But still, I had 11 or 12 scholarship offers, which okay. was pretty good, obviously. Uh, went to Winthrop Academy in South Carolina, Rock Hill, South Carolina. Virginia is funny in the sense that it kind of straddles the line between you know, Northern culture in America and the Southern culture. So it's more South. Anybody that lives in the North or in the Midwest would say Virginia South, but yeah, I know what you're saying. But Northern Virginia up yeah. around DC is a little different from Southern it is. Virginia. So. It is. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're definitely different. It's like, yeah. 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 So I'm, I made the decision. Ah, look, Winthrop is obviously a great school. You know, we, I was there for three years. We went to the tournament three times in a row. Uh, last year there, we beat Notre Dame in the first round. You know, Greg Marshall was the coach at Winthrop at that time. So, okay. and he went to he went to Wichita State after right. that, right? And has obviously done a, an incredible job since right. he went there. But that that would have started long before Winthrop. You know, just the oh man, the level of competitiveness and the level of detail in them practices was just it was a real eye opener. It was it was something that I definitely kept with me going forward into my own coaching career. You know, I think with coaches there's certain stuff you pick up and there's certain stuff that you say, you know, that that's not who I want to be as a coach. And yeah. For me for me, they're both as valuable as each other, you know. Right. I agree. I mean, I, I've said this a million times. That's why you got to find a lot of mentors because you take a little bit, oh, I like that, but I don't like that kind of thing. I think that's really important. I agree. And it's realizing not to just toss the stuff away that you don't like, but try and understand it. And you know, that's not what you like. Then, you know, it makes it make sure it excels your coaching career, I think. I think it does too. So then you stayed in the States to go to college? Yeah, went three years at Winthrop and transferred from Winthrop to Augusta State in South Carolina. Uh, okay. Not South Carolina, in Georgia, sorry. Went from South Carolina to Georgia. So stayed in the heat. Man, them summers were, were brutal. I'm but telling I, you, we, like northern Wisconsin, it, like Wisconsin gets really cold in the winter, but it's like the, it's the opposite down in the south. Like the summers are, it's like the surface of the sun. Explain yeah. it to people. That haven't seen it. It's like opening the oven, and you just feel that heat coming yeah, out of the it's oven. It's the humidity. The it's the yeah. humidity. Yeah, it's horrible. It's so horrible. in pre-season in Augusta, we used to have uh, we used to have to get up for you know for running for conditioning in the morning as you do. But we used to do it at like eleven, twelve, and we had to change it to five thirty-six in the morning because. The big Irish guy almost died a couple of times trying to run around the field in that heat, you know. So right. <laughs> my, my teammates weren't too excited about having to get up at half five for me. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then Augusta, Augusta was cool. We went to the tournament again two years in a row. So I have five championship rings from, from college in America. Redshirt the one year at, at uh, Winter. First year at Augusta, we made it to the final. NCAA final, lost in the final. And then we made it to the final four the next year. So... It was five years in college for two different head coaches, but both extremely successful programs. And were you moment. coming back in the summers to Ireland? Yeah, I was going back. Uh, it just depended on the time. You know, if I did summer class, obviously, I would get back to Ireland for three or four weeks. And if I wasn't doing summer class, I'd get back for it. You know, and was there any national team stuff? Was there any national team stuff at that point? Yes. So it, was, it would have been the year I left Winthrop, 2007 8 and I went to Augusta. So that summer, I came back and started playing with the national team. Uh, my second year on the national team, Jay Laranaga, from, who's the assistant coach now with the Boston Celtics, he right. was actually a player coach for the Irish national team, okay. which was pretty cool. So, you know, all of a sudden, like I was the only guy there that was in college at the time. Everybody else was pros. pros. Uh, and most of them, there was more American accents on the bus than there was Irish accents, you know, so... <laughs> A lot of guys with uh with Irish passports at the time, but it was pretty cool just to be around that 
level of professionalism like Jay, Jay is fantastic Jay is a great coach and it was a really interesting experience for me in turn, you're in college you know you mess up you get on the line and you run you know and you know that's standard enough but now right. you're experiencing a really great players and Jay Larnega had a, he had a great career in in Italy and Spain and France and Europe in general he'd be a, a very well known man but the fact that he was a player coach you know we mess up in a drill and he's like alright get on the line and run and He's standing next to you running as well, you know. So that was pretty, that was right. uh, a neat experience. <laughs> all right. So then what happened after that? Yeah, so graduated. So was your knee, first of all, was your knee was your knee 100% healthy at that point? Yeah, it's back now. It, it really bothered me my freshman year at college. It's, it's, there's a lot of Irish kids now. We're starting to head over to prep school and head over to college. You know, I talked to a lot of them. And when they ask for advice, biggest advice is just if you're making that step from high school to college, it's just to get in the good a shape as you possibly can you know as you know the practices in college two and a half three hours long you know the first oh, 60 70 percent of it is conditioning and it's drills and it's running and right you know if you can get past that point and if you're in good shape it's it's the next 30 percent where you get to shine a little bit and play the game and the coach sees how you how you operate after being so tired you know so right not knowing going into freshman year not knowing the level and it's tough until you experience it yourself. Not knowing the level of conditioning that you need was tough. And then having the knee injury on top of that, it really made that freshman year. You know, it, the knee would just blow up and swell. You just start to get into a rhythm, start to play well, start to do well in practice. And then it just blows up again. You know? So it, it is it one of them things that stay with me for a couple of years. But to answer your question, like I haven't, it hasn't bothered me in a long time. Now. So then how do you hire an agent? How does that work? after like yeah so again there's there's so many you know like you have you have agencies where you go and you sign and and then you have you know the, the way it works now is there's there's just tons of guys on social media platforms offering to be your agent and offering to and it's it's a bit of a minefield you know because you have to really know somebody that you trust and you have to know somebody that's looking out for your best interest and you know I, I feel like the thing in the back of your head always is if they're representing two guys in the same position like which one of which one of their guys are best selling to the team you know so it's it's tough I was lucky enough I started working I started working with an agent but he would have played in Limerick profession uh, for a couple of years so there was a couple of guys in Limerick that would have known him yeah he became a good contact and got me that first gig in so unlike the states you just have an agent you, that's it just an agent nothing else right no, no other people you have to put on your payroll oh you don't even put the agent on your payroll the teams pay the agent so if you once you go to a team the team pays your salary plus plus the, pays the agent fee as well so he doesn't take a cut off the top of you he gets paid by the team that's well, I'm sure you pay by the team. Now I'm sure that cut is coming. You know, it might come from the team, but right, it's it, it's 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 coming from the same pocket. You know, but yeah, you you don't essentially pay the agent out of your out of your salary. So they want you the they want you to get paid more though. They get a percentage probably. Exactly. So the more yeah. you get paid, the bigger percentage they get. But there's other like so my first couple of contracts, you'd have you know you'd have your apartment in there, you'd have your food in there you'd have a car in there you'd have medical there's all different things that you have to you have to check off the box as you're going and i think the biggest difference between college and playing professionally is just the the downtime it's huge in comparison you know you're you're in such a routine of you're getting up and you're going to class and you're running from there to condition to individuals or weight room you know it's it, it's a busy day when you play professional you know if you have a day off that that's your day you know you don't have to there's no right. assignments to turn in there's no homework to do you got to do your practice with the team and 
and they'll tell you too, you know, go home and watch a movie. That's the best thing you can do for the team right now is go relax and, and rest your body, you know, which is right. a complete U-turn. So I've heard a lot of horror stories of guys not getting paid. Is that true? Does that depend on the league? Does that depend on... Yeah, it depends, depends on the league, depends on the circumstances around. Like, it, it never happened to me. Okay. I always got paid, which was nice. It was a couple of hairy moments where, you, you know, you have to... You're sending emails and stuff, but I, I always got paid. There are a lot of horror stories. I've heard of guys that, you know, they've left 60, 70 grand on the table, not able to get it. A lot of that depends on circumstance, really. If a team is going under, there's not really much you can do. If a team are hoping to get players for the next year, they'll tend to honor their commitments. But I think it's like any any facet of business or sport or anything, really. You know, you right. have good people and you have bad people. Right. And the problem is, I think it's a harder minefield for people, like you said, because there's so many different places you can play. Yeah, so many different places, so many different leagues. And, you know, there's never, there's always enough players. There's always some, <laughs> yeah. some guy that's willing to take, you know, a crap deal just to to go play pro and, and not quite understanding what's behind it and what's involved with it, you know? So what do you think the hardest part about playing professionally other than the downtime is? Ah, well, the, the downtime isn't hard now. <laughs> you get you get used to that. But uh, I mean, The downtime can be hard, though, because idle minds can get in trouble. Like, as a coach, I would not, like, ooh, that, that would worry me. I mean, that happens in the NBA. You see it all the time. They have money. They, the problem is they have money and time, which is even worse. If you don't, if you have time and no money, you can only get in so much trouble. Yeah, but. Yeah. I think the toughest, toughest part about playing pro is you have to realize that it's 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 a certain percentage of people can can do very very well from playing right so there's, right. You, you look at M nba players but even in the nba you're looking at you know 450 of the best players in the world there's a lot of them 10 years after their career five years after their career you know they don't have money left they've, they've gone bankrupt or, or whatever they started didn't sign good deals or whatever the situation is when you start looking at leagues lower than that you know which is every other league in the world but if when you start looking at you, france has seven professional leagues now you're looking at you're not getting paid enough to buy your mama house you're not getting paid enough to buy your mama car you know you're kind of it can almost be you play a season and you're spending your money in the summer and then you're gonna go you're looking for another team come august or september so Right. I guess the the most difficult part is just for young players, especially, is to re is to really look at what category you fall into. You know, do I ever regret playing professionally? Absolutely not. I mean, some of the people that I've met, just incredible. You know, some lifelong friends, and for me, there was no better way to spend your twenties than you know traveling the world and playing basketball. I tell, so, I tell, I tell my students, cool. all, and then, yeah, I know. I tell my students all the time that your twenties are to figure out what you want to do. Like, absolutely. Yeah. You don't have, meet people, meet, have experiences, and then you can go get a quote unquote, a real job. Um, yeah. In the sense that, you know, whatever it's, you don't have responsibilities per se other than yourself. And yeah, I love that. Well, that's it. And, and just being realistic with yourself. Hey everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast couple things you could do to help us out over at Coach Unplugged. First is you could go over and subscribe and like. We would really appreciate that. That really does help us a lot. Also, you could go over and check out teachhoops.com. You could make a commitment in your coaching. You could say, I'm going to become a better coach. I am going to sign up for six months. I'm going to sign up for a year. I'm going to join this community. Not only does it have resources, not only does it have other coaches, not only does it have a community, it has Coach Collins, who has been successful at every level. I am going to go make that commitment to become a better coach. So go over and check it out. At the time of this, there's a 14-day free trial. I'm not sure that will be the case in perpetuity, but for right now it is. So go over and check it out. All right, let's get back to the podcast.
I think is the most important part. Uh, for me, like a couple of teams, like I said, you're playing the season, you're enjoying your summer, you go home, like I had an apartment, you have a nice car, you have all that stuff, but then, you know, come August, September, it, it's starting to dry up. You, you're right. looking for your next team now and you're, you're looking for, you know, telling your agent stuff like, oh, I want to be in the sunshine or I want to be somewhere nice or that doesn't pan out for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at Iceland and you're looking, right. <laughs> you're looking at Norway and you're like, oh, get, get, get me somewhere quick, you know. I think that's a great... Um, what, how do you think it made you a better coach? Uh, I think the experience. We talked briefly about the, the green shoots coach Emmanuel, for instance. Yep. So my last my last year in France, I played uh, just outside Bordeaux in the south of France. So absolutely okay. beautiful. It's one of my favorite places. Sunshine all the time, and just the people are so laid back and relaxed. It was really a nice place to be. But the coach uh, Laurent Mobsus, his name was. He was a famous French point guard. So I was the oldest guy on the team. It was a really young team, big big team. Point guard was 6'2", and the next smallest guy, I think, was 6'7", after that. Like, it was a big, long team. But you're practicing twice a day, you know. You're practicing in the morning for two and a half hours, usually individual. You're practicing in the evening for three, three and a half hours as a team. So it's tough going. Uh, what I learned from Laurent was he always mixed up the warm-up somewhat. So we talked about that dribble-tag game earlier where you're dribbling around, you're trying to catch people, and you have the safety ball. He did that with us. That, that's where I got that game from. So you're looking at 12, 15 professional basketball players playing dribble tag on the floor, you know? Right. And he would, he would just mix it up so much. But then you're running around for a half an hour and you're having fun and you're enjoying yourself. And all of a sudden you realize that, you know, you have a full sweat going, you're, you're limber and you're ready for practice, you know? Right. I learned an awful lot from him and that and just being able to I think as coaches and when we're in the same world for so long we, we kind of look through the same binoculars sometimes and, you know being able to take them off and think oh you know my warm-up doesn't have to be a layup line or my warm-up doesn't I have hate to be, the layup line uh, anyone that's listening I hate the layup line don't I go on further yeah five-man weave I can't stand a five-man weave yeah. or a three-man weave up the floor yeah. And, and and just being able to to recognize that you can be creative with this stuff and right like it's what what what's the goal of it rather than the the goal is to get people ready for practice right to lessen right. injuries have people have have your your players warmed up limber ready to go and limit injuries that's that's your goal and then being able to take a step back and look at oh, I can play dribble tag with these guys you know I can play we played a lot of the the FIBA three-on-three as well. I don't know if you've seen any of that. Mm -mm. I do that all the time now. Anytime we have team practice, we'll play three-on-three. -three. Yeah, it's the best game. It's the best oh. game for development because you can't hide. <laughs> you can't hide. And, and there's space, you know. I like, do it during tryouts. For young coaches, three-on-three -three is the best for tryouts because literally you could put me on the Milwaukee Bucks and you put Giannis and those other people. I can hide for the most part. Like, yeah. we'll be bad, but I can hide. Because the four of them can do everything and cover up for me. When you're three on three, you can't cover. There's too much space. You can't, like, you got to do everything. You got to rebound. You got to play defense. Absolutely. You got to be in the right direct. I mean, it's perfect. Because two on two is almost too much space. Because guys can create on their own. And four on four starts to get cramped together. I think three, you're right. Three on three is the perfect game for development, for evaluation, for all that. I agree. It definitely seems to be that sweet spot there of yeah. what you're talking about. And again, especially when you're talking about youth development and kids, like it's it's natural for the stronger ones to kind of take the lead, and it's, yep. it's not their fault, you know. It's just what it is. Right. You play three on three. There's 
like you said, there's no hiding. You have right. no choice but to improve and get better. And that person right. has to touch the ball at some point. And that person has to play some help defense. I mean, if they don't, you're going to, I mean, I don't care. You're going to lose. And for anyone listening, uh, look up the rules. It's very different from three on three that I would have played in America. Like there's, you don't check the ball after each score. As soon as, if I'm playing against you and you score, as soon as that ball drops, I'm getting it under the basket and, and the shot clock is going again. You know, it never stops. So where would they find that? Oh, on, online. Three on eight, just three FIBA 3x3? Three three. Yeah, even if you YouTube uh, FIBA 3x3. Okay. And they'll show you the rules. And it's, it's, it's an unbelievable conditioning drill. I've, okay. I've played for the Irish national team three on three as well. We've played in the European Championships. It's such a spectacle. They're really trying to separate it from five on five basketball. You know, they're really trying to allow it to stand on its own. It's pretty cool. What it's coming to the here. Olympics, right? Yeah, it's going to be, well, you know, it was supposed to be this summer, but yeah. what they do in Europe anyways, uh, FIBA Europe, they have these competitions all over Europe. They'll put, the, they'll put the courts on the truck, you know, so they'll drive to Amsterdam and you have that big, the famous Amsterdam sign. They'll set up the court right in front of that. You know, they'll set up the court in front of the Eiffel Tower in Paris and they'll have just all these incredible backdrops, which is really cool. I took a team to Latvia a couple of years ago to play in the European Championships under 18s and we beat Russia in our second game. Wow. Ireland. It's just yeah. incredible. Yeah. But that's the way it happens. Like, <laughs> the number of people live in Ireland is like a, this little dot in comparison to yeah. people live in Russia. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like <laughs> their, their faces, if we talk about running for messing up, them lads ran after that guess. <laughs> they would yeah, not there's, expect to There's lose. stories about when the U.S. hockey in 1980 beat, uh, beat Russia and like this. Uh, yeah, there's talks yeah. about like what happened. Yeah. They're it's still really running cool. around Siberia right now, yeah. Yeah, and and just for the coaches there, the way it works is there's a there's a 12 second shot clock. Uh, it's it's way more physical than five and five. It's it's a wrestling match. It's the first of 21 points scored in ones and twos. It's the first of 21, or sorry, it's 10 minutes or first of 21. So when we played Russia, our guys just came out, spread the floor, and we just drive kick, drive kick, drive kick, and they just got really hot. You know, right. we ended up winning like. We ended up winning twenty one nine. It's that kind of game that anything can happen. in Ireland. So so, we, so anything inside the three is one, and everything outside the three is two. It's two, yeah. Okay. Now it changes with fouls and stuff. You and know. how do I? What happens when I get fouled? There. So you don't. You can foul out. First of all, it's not possible to foul out. Okay. Like so there's four players on each team. Four players on each team. There's one sub. You can only sub at a dead ball. The only time you'll check it at the top is if it's a dead ball. So if there's a foul. Okay. or if it goes out of bounds and it's always checked for the x regardless and that's the only time you can sub as well so you get stuck in there for three four minutes at a time <laughs> and it's it's tough right you only got one person you can't sub two out you only sub one out just yeah. one and i remember we were playing in oh i can't even remember where it was andorra like in it's kind of in between spain and france and man, it's like 40 45 degrees and i'm just looking over at that sub like man i need to get out of here quick <laughs> and the, the buzzer went and one of my teammates runs over and subs out and you're just like oh no no it's my turn it's <laughs> another funny. three or four minutes that i'm stuck in here now you know so yeah for coaches look it's it's excellent you know and, and i think as coaches we try to control things a little too much sometimes you know you look at you look at that blank piece of paper and and you you say i have an hour and a half or you have two hours and no, there's some need to try and to, to, to block that two hours and have a drill to cover every two hours. But sometimes, man, you just want to let the kids play. 
Right. You know, we, 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 we do three on three sometimes and we just play king of the hill with three on three. So if you win, you stay at this basket. If you lose, you're down to this one. And you can't get up to the king's court unless you win. You know what I mean? So if, you, if you're on the king's court and if you're winning, you stay there. And you keep playing three on, you keep playing games. And down the other court, someone has to win to get up and play the king's court, you know? So, and they, and they do it themselves. You know, you put on, you might play five minute games or something like that. The 10 minutes is, is probably too much, but the, the kids absolutely love it. It allows them to be a little creative too. Right. And I believe if it feeds into the, the modern game, it's tough to be a big man in three on three <laughs> because there's, there's so many switches. There's so many, you know, there's so many ball screen switches. You got to be, like you said before, there's so much space that you can't, you can't be a big guy who just guards the block. You know, you've right. got to be able yeah. to step outside. The, the world of Shaquille O'Neal is gone. I'm telling you the world of, at least for yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that because Shaq is probably the only big guy that could, you know, he, he, he could play in any era. Did you imagine right. him playing now? It's I know. Incredible. He is. I mean, the, Shaq was just a big body, I thought of. But you're right. But he was a horrible free throw shooter. Absolutely. They used to call it Hack-A-Shack. I do a yeah. thing in my math class. They used to follow him on purpose. Yeah. His, his cool. points per possession when he, he was like 0. .9 or 0. .8 every time he went to the free throw line. It was horrible. It was his yeah, only was. weakness. I mean, I think he's in the discussion as one of the best players of all time if he could have shot free throws. But... And what did it say? His hands were too big, wasn't it? They, they were. They were, they were. It was like a tank. If you ever saw him in person, it was like not, I mean, it was not normal. It was like, oh, my God. Like, and then to be able to move like that is incredible. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what, if you've seen LeBron play in person, I mean, he's, he's a huge human being. He's like 6'8", six, 6'8", six, but he runs like a 6'1 guard. Like, he runs like a gazelle. I mean, that's what, yeah. There's one of those. That's what I tell my students. There's one of those out of the 8 billion people in the world. There's one LeBron. Like, and what's funny about that is they say, you know, they say that the, the best weightlifter that ever existed probably never picked up a weight. You know, they say the best football player that ever exists potentially probably never kicked a football. Right. Then you look at guys like LeBron or Yanis, and it just seems like they've found exactly what they, what they can do, you know. Yep. It's about, it's exactly. about that intersection of the right things. So anything else you have, to, any other parting advice, anything else you want to talk about to the, to the coaches? I think I've enjoyed this. I mean, it's just the one place that we struggle a little bit over here. In, in recent years, man, we've sent so many kids to America now. You know, we've sent, and women's basketball in Ireland especially, like these girls are really, really good. You know, they're really good. The, the young players coming through are really, really good. I think there is, coaches in America are still a little bit hesitant when they look overseas. And uh, it, there's, there's a, almost an asterisk next to some kids when they look overseas and they think, oh, can they play in college? Like, what what path did they take over there? It's much easier for a coach. And I understand that to drive four hours down the road and be able to watch a kid play AAU and then make a decision, you know. But, well, I think this is an open gate, to be honest with you right now, because no absolutely. one's going to be – no one's driving four hours right now to watch. Like, everything's shut down. I think the summers are going to be shut down. Um, look at Gonzaga on the guy's side. They, they've He's made his career on finding European kids. It, and it's it, funny – yeah, it's funny because like every European championships you go to, I've been to like four or five of them now, and every single one of them, you end up chatting to six or seven different NBA scouts. So for me, if I know colleges always don't have that kind of budget. Not even right. colleges. You might look at prep schools. You might look at 
a high school they mightn't have the budget to do that but the fact that the NBA are investing so much and looking at these kids at under 15 and 16 surely that warrants colleges and prep schools to open up their eyes a little bit and you know be more accepting of, of players coming from Ireland or coming from Europe right I think I think um I think the internet's made that easier too to be honest with you you, Absolutely. <laughs> you can just get out and watch it um yeah. who was I talking to this weekend Pat Patrick Patrick O'Neill you know Patrick O'Neill Ireland yes Oh yeah, Pat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I talked to him, and he was ta- he was explaining to me how the how the U.S. kids come over to play in the net. It was very interesting. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, that so that's whole... another that's another thing. I work in uh, Griffith College in Dublin now. Okay. And we have we have six scholarships for men, six scholarships for women. So our target is, are you know young men or young women that have just finished college in America. Right. And they can they can come over and they get a you get a free master's degree. Right. You know. I, so I mean, I that's a great gig. I know. Yeah. I know. He was, he was saying they were looking at some Ivy League kids and and some other stuff. And um, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it has to be someone. Yeah. So it has to be someone that's you know. So you're going. It's structured different, and you have to accept. That's another thing I should have said earlier. When kid, when players are leaving America, you just have to accept when you get on the plan that everything is not going to be like it is. You know. <laughs> You'll make, you'll make the amount of players that I've played with that will only eat McDonald's. You know, like I played in Malaysia and this incredible food everywhere and just right. stuff that you've never right. eaten before. And then my teammate will only eat McDonald's, you know. Right. If you're going to go do it, do it. Like immerse yourself, enjoy it. You don't have to eat crazy stuff, but at least look at the locals. And it's respectful and they like you to do that. Right. You make any bit of an effort. Like we live, I lived in France with my wife. Very little French because they, they coach in English. So the right. coach is coaching English. All the players would have grown up playing with American players. So they all know England. Right. You make a little effort, they'll love you for it. Right. You know, and it, it's such a big thing to do that. And you end up gaining more out of it, I believe, because then they open up to you as well. Well, it's that growth experience too. It's that growth exactly. mindset. Like if you, exactly. you know, but it's really hard. I mean, yeah, there, there's there's all these levels too. Some kids are still chasing the the guy's side or even the girl's side, the WNBA. Some are chasing, still chasing the dream. Some are just looking for, you know, schooling. Um, so you have six scholarships. You can only play two kids. So is those six scholarships for all the age levels? Yeah, so the way it worked, the way it worked this past year, for instance, we had, there's only like six or seven games in the in college, right? Okay. The college games, it, it's completely flipped from America. So club basketball is the biggest over here. Right. So if, if a young lady or a young man comes over here and takes a scholarship to do a master's, they're going to play with the college six or seven games. Right. Plus, they'll play with the club. Right. So the way it worked this year is uh, we had was it, three players on scholarship played with the Super League, and then we had two players played on the Division One team, which is like a local team. Okay. So it's, it's a really good opportunity. And, you know, you talk about chasing the dream. You should chase the dream for as long as you can. You know, why right. not? That, that's, yeah. that's what life is about, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you need to squeeze every little thing you can out of basketball. So it's go- it was there long before you were there. It's going to be there long after you're there. And if you can walk away with a college degree and a master's degree, like in our, in our situation, you get a master's degree and you get to live in Dublin for a year. Is know, it, is it, so you can do the masters in one year. You do the masters in one year, yeah. It, it's a win-win. You put a ma- you put that piece of paper in your pocket. Once you have that, nobody can take that away from you. Right. You get stats in a European country. So then, at the end of your year, you're looking. Well, I have a master's degree. Do I want to go work in the business world using that master's degree, 
Right. Do I want to use the stats that I just have to go and play another year or two in Europe? You know, it's 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 a do, win. Do um do they do different clubs have different schools which focus on different things? Like if I want to be, Absolutely. I want to go into agriculture. I want to go into business. Are there better? Are there different clubs that kind of recruit the different master's degrees? Yeah. So like ours in Griffith College is business, international business. We're an international college, so the international okay. business degree is really valuable. The journalism okay. degree is really valuable. There's a there's another organization in Ireland now called Sports Changes Life. That's what uh, Pat might That's, have been talking He was. About. He was talking about that. Yeah. So they, they have links with colleges and universities all over Ireland. Okay. So essentially with them, you tell them what you want to do, and then they'll, they'll have, you know, 11 colleges on their books, and they'll say, right, you know, the University of Limerick is perfect for what you're looking to do. So, okay. yeah, there's different ways of doing that. But it's not a bad deal, man. You get to come live in Ireland for a year. You get to be a college student for one more year, and you get to leave with that paper in your pocket. That's a win-win. Win-win. Easy. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Coach. I appreciate you coming out. I told Patrick, I said it's on my bucket list when the world – Ireland's on my bucket list, so I'm going to try. Hey, you to come with Tim. Tim. Tim is over here all the time, man. You I Tim, Tim like, lives in Ireland. I told yeah. him well, last time, I said, are you Irish? I mean, you should just become a citizen. It's like, I know. He's one of us now. We claim Tim now. So. I know. I know. He's he's <laughs> awesome guy. He's an awesome yeah. guy. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Yep. See ya. Bye now. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. If you did, go over and leave a five-star review. If you didn't, Turn your turn your iPhone or whatever you're listening to the podcast off. Um, but no, go over and check out teachhoops.com too. If you if you want to give back a little bit, if you want to join our community, if you want to become a better coach, if you want to find the nuances of this great game, if you want to delve into this brain of 30 plus years of coaching, uh, go over and check it out and uh, we'll help you through this great journey. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.